Welcome to the First Down Rundown podcast. A little bit of a different start today, a little bit of, dif- of a different voice. That is because Hayden is uh, actually in Disney World right now. So he is living it up. He is having fun. Uh, and, and that only means one thing. That means that Matt Vozar, the co-host of this podcast, the person who really provides the, the analytics and, and the hot takes and, 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 and provides the content that you guys come here for, um, I will be hosting the podcast uh, this this time. It's 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 one of our Saturday episode, Friday Saturday weekend episodes. A little bit more relaxed, a little bit more different topics, uh, kind of getting together here for this podcast. Um, and 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 that's exactly what we're here to do. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. I hope you enjoy the content so far. We're only getting started, and we're going to be here to stay. So for this episode, we're going to talk about. Obviously, you see the title little bit you know little little bit of, uh, of of some sports that maybe aren't as popular right now aren't as popular in the US um and that is the MLB, Major League Baseball, as well as Formula One. So there's some big news in both of these sports going on right now, and that's kind of what I'm here to tackle. Um, obviously, the, the, the title of the episode is Matt's Who Cares episode, uh, because that's really kind of what we're here for, right? Um, you know, and, and, and kind of the, the idea of this Saturday weekend episode is to get you guys kind of hip to what's going on in the world of sports, uh, truly the world, as, as Formula One. Is, is, is a worldwide sport for sure. Um, what's going on in the world of sports, kind of dumbing things down and, and getting a real fundamental understanding of kind of what's going on around sports in, in, in the sports that aren't, you know, the NFL or, or college football or these big sports that everyone's following kind of day to day. Um, and so that's the point of this, right? And, and, and I'm not an expert on anything by any means. I'm just a huge sports fan, uh, right? And so that's, I think, where kind of I am able to garner a lot of the explanation and the attention paid to these types of sports because I love all sports in general, um, and, and, and I'm here to provide kind of some takes and, and some information regarding everything. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit more of just, a, like I said, kind of a, an informational episode as opposed to, you know, we're kind of going back and forth with hot takes and all this stuff uh, because because there are some interesting things going on in the world right now uh, and and it's and I think it's just kind of interesting to talk about them some some lesser known topics um, some things that you obviously if you're if you're a casual sports fan at all and you're watching sports center ESPN you will have heard of all of this stuff before but might not know really what's going on or or kind of the reasons behind it okay so what we're gonna do first is we're gonna talk about the MLB lockout now if in and, and again i'm kind of going to provide as much of a background and, and kind of how we got here where we're at and where we're going for each of these topics because again you know unless you're unless you're an avid sports fan and, and have time to look up, look all this stuff up you're really not going to understand exactly what's going on and and and, and so that's kind of the point here too is to provide some content to people who aren't necessarily hip to you know what what a, a collective bargaining agreement is um, because who actually knows I don't even think the players or the owners know what that is. Um, so, so right. So that's that's kind of what's going on here with the MLB lockout, right? Is like basically the players of a, any professional league, so the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, and then the owners of each of the respective teams. Every every few years, I'd say every five to ten years, about um, come together and essentially just write a big 
a, a big fat essay, a big a big piece of you know piece of literature that describes essentially how the profit sharing works in terms of the 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 money splits from the the revenue that comes into the team and the sport uh, and everybody involved in kind of you know how how the sport makes money, how the teams make money, and how that kind of gets dispersed along the way. So in every major sport, you have this, you know, there, there's there's a there's a players association which we you know we hear about all the time. So for example, Chris Paul, uh, the the point guard for the Suns, he's the NBA PA. So NBA National Basketball Association Players Association is PA. So NBA PA president. And then um, on the NFL side, I'm not exactly sure who it is right now, but I know Adrian Peterson used to lead it for a while, uh, and, and that's referred to as the NFLPA, so the Players Association. They're really in charge of gathering the thoughts and perspectives of the players in their league as it pertains to the the amount of revenue splits that we see when it comes to teams and, and, and owners and how much money they make, how much money the players can make, and so on. So a big topic here is always really when it comes to, you know, in other sports is the spend the amount of spending that a team can can have relative to the amount of money that the players make. And so the argument that really the NFL and the NBA kind of always have is, how much money should we allow the owners to make versus how much should we kind of, you know, keep for ourselves or, or allow the players to make? That is because the NFL and the NBA uh, and the NHL all have what's called a salary cap, which means in any individual team can't spend above a certain limit on their player contracts, right? So just, you know, pretty easy example here. You know, if you have if you have the Cowboys in the NFL, right? I'm not again. I'm not exactly sure what the what the actual salary cap is, but let's say the salary cap is a hundred million dollars, right? And if you're paying Dak Prescott, you know, thirty million dollars, you only have seventy million dollars to uh, allocate to all of the other players on your team. Um, and, and again, that's not those are these are not accurate numbers. Well, the Dak Prescott thirty million dollars a year is probably pretty accurate. Um, but but but. That's just kind of that. That's essentially how the bargaining works in terms of there being a salary cap, and and so the way that it works, and in, in the way that the the players and the owners have to come to this agreement, which is called the collective bargaining agreement, is deciding on the percentage splits of what the salary cap is going to be, right? So how much each team has to spend each year on the contracts of the players on their team as well as in free agency, right? So that all kind of gets lumped into one sum here. And essentially, the higher the salary cap, the lower the amount that the players get paid and vice versa. However, it kind of gets it kind of gets a little fuzzy when we start talking about, all right, well, if the players are are willing to take less money, then the team has more money to spend, right? And so if the team has more money to spend, well, that's more money that you can play bet that you can pay to better players in order to, you know, kind of ramp up free agency, get a lot of, you know, get a lot of good talent back onto your team. And hopefully, you know, that that that's really an opportunity for you to win a lot more games and, and you know, make a playoff run or, or whatever. So that's usually the argument that goes on. And, and really what's been happening in recent years, I think, is like, the the amount of revenue and the amount of profit that these teams are making so so much of that goes to the owners and i think it's really being kind of 
over or I guess underrepresented and underestimated how much the owners are making in comparison to how much the players are making. Obviously, you know, f- from from a from from a general perspective, if you you know, if you're not really super knowledgeable about about how the collective bargaining agreement works, how the uh, how the whole you know the the um, you know the teams are making money and the players are making a percentage of that, whatever, you're saying, well, dude, it doesn't even matter. All of these guys are rich, right? They're 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 all of these guys are rich, and so that's kind of what we're getting at here. Is like. Yes, everybody's rich, but at the same time, the the percentages of the amount of money that some people are making in comparison to others really can differ when we get to the collective bargaining agreement. So that is a lot of explanation to basically just, you know, kind of say in, in a few words how the collective bargaining agreement works. And again, like I said, all of the major sports have a collective bargaining agreement. And it's essentially, if you want to compare it to a regular business, right, it's essentially the managers of a, of a factory or a business going up against a union, right? Um, and so that, that's kind of how this works is, is the union gets together and they say, hey, we need to have representation here. That's what the Players Association does. They have a board of players who are in the league, but who take the perspectives from other players and say, hey, how much of, you know, how much of the revenue should we be getting versus how much should the owners be getting versus how much should the, the salary cap be? So that we can improve the talent on our team and so on. What's going on in the in the MLB is a little bit different because if you don't know, the MLB is the only major league sport which does not have a salary cap. Okay, so everything that I just talked about in terms of you know only only having a certain amount of money to spend on free agents and and, and regular contracts with their players in a given year is is essentially out the window. None of that even matters. That's, that's, it just doesn't even apply. It's not a thing, right? And so what you end up with is basically exponentially increasing amounts of money that the owners, the teams, and the players are all making. And, and obviously, up to this point, it hasn't really proved to be much of an issue because we've gotten, you know, through you know, a, few, a couple hundred years of baseball at this point, um, and nothing's really come about it, right? They, they, the, the teams have still played. The owners have still, you know, kind of done their own thing. And, and, and we've not really heard much about it. Uh, but I think that in baseball in particular is one of those sports where, you know, they make – so the average baseball player makes a lot more money than the average football player. Um, the, the average baseball player makes a lot more than the average hockey player, the average base basketball player. So essentially what we're saying is because there's no salary cap and it makes sense, right? If there's no, if there's no limit on what a team can spend on a player, well then the players are going to make more money that that checks out. So what we end up with here is the, the players make a lot more money, you know, in comparison to an average, you know, professional athlete for, for another sport. Um, and again, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk too about how, technically speaking, you know, uh, uh, it, it's a very skilled sport, but it's not necessarily physically grueling, right? I mean, a baseball player, on average, is not going to have as many injuries and 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 be beat up as much as a football player is, and they're making more money. Well, you say, hey, you know, that that sounds like a pretty good deal, and yes, it's true. Um, and, and so that's kind of the luxury or or the um, you know one of the benefits of of being a professional baseball player is you technically get paid more to not really endure or too much, uh, you know, kind of harm on your body. Um, 
But what's been happening recently is the MLB players are thinking like, okay, great, like we're you know we're we're making money. This is this is pretty good. But more and more information has been coming out in regard to how much money the owners are making and the general managers. And so the, the bigger, you know, and the, the, the president, right? So the bigger people, um, the big wigs in these organizations, in these teams are pulling in a lot, lot more money just because of how much, you know, sports makes, right? With the, with the media coverage and everything like that. And, and, and we've talked, uh, you know, ad nauseum about the fact that the MLB is, is, is almost the least popular major sport now, which is, com- you know, a complete reversal from even, you know, 30 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. So that's kind of the interesting part of this is like, well, they have no salary cap and, and the players make money and the teams make money and, and there's they're accruing more revenue each and each year, kind of more and more stacked on top of each other. Um, and, and so despite the fact that it's not very popular, it's, it's again, it's media, it's sports, it's what the, it's what really America consumes and it's becoming a very international sport as well. I mean, we see a lot of Asian and, and, and Central American, uh, people who, who come to play in the MLB and who are great talents, um, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's kind of the, you know, the best baseball league in the world. So, so there's a lot more money being generated there internationally, um, which brings a lot more money to each of the teams and the players and, and so on. So, but, but like I said, what's been happening is a lot of the owners have come under fire, or at least have somehow, the information has come out that they're kind of, you know, th- as the players are making more money, the owner, the owners are making even, even more money, right? And so in, in any, you know, small increase, let's say the average baseball player's salary increases, you know, 10% each year, an owner's average salary is increasing about 30% each year, right? Which is... I mean, when you look at that, when you think about it, it's, it's just unfair. Um, and so that's the that's the that's the genesis of the MLB lockout and what's going on right now is essentially the collective bargaining agreement for the past, I guess, eight years or so came up this year. Which, and again, like I said, it happens in every sport. That there's just, I mean, you can look it up, you can Google it. You know, when does the ML or when does the NFL uh, CBA, which you know, collective bargaining agreement, that's kind of the acronym for it. When does it expire? Right? It'll tell you the year, and basically, in that year or the year prior to that. So if it's, you know, if it's right, if it's 2028, uh, then in 2027, the NFLPA and the owners will get together and they'll say, hey, look what we had for this collective bargaining agreement you know prior and then kind of what changes are we going to make for the next collective bargaining agreement which will then go for the next five to ten years they they also agree on a time period during which the the cba will be active for so what happened is is the, the mlb cba is is expiring in 2022 um, and so that's why in, in early December, or I guess late November, early December-ish, uh, the owners and the players association, the owners of the teams, as well as the, the representatives in the MLB from the players association get together and, and, and they, you know, pretty much just, right, look at the old CBA. What do we like? What do we not like? Let's create a new CBA, kind of get some new ideas flowing here. You know, what are we going to agree on? What do the players want? What do the other owners want? And, and, and decide on something going forth. Now, obviously, you can kind of glean from this that, hey, clearly something's going wrong here because there's a, there's a lockout, right? What is a lockout? A lockout is when the owners and the players association does not come to an agreement on what the changes will be made and, and, and they're not able to, you know, literally they're not able to agree on the next collective bargaining agreement. Um, and so what happens is the owners 
quote unquote lock out the players, um, which which sounds it's 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 a weird again it's a weird phrase and and you hear it only in reference to the collective bargaining agreement in sports. That's the only way you'll hear it, and and so it sounds a lot harsher than it really is. They're not you know they're they're not putting the players in jail by any means. You know there's nothing there's nothing actually uh, you know harmful going on towards the players. It's just essentially saying look, you can't meet with your teams. You can't really you know even go to work um and, and because we're still in these talk in these talks in these agreements and, and we disagree right now now the players still make money the uh, you know the the, the coaches and and the, and the managers uh, of the baseball teams they're still making money they're just not reporting to work so it's kind of a win-win situation for both sides you don't have an agreement well okay the owners are going to sit there and try to figure things out on their end they'll still make all their money the players are going to have their own you know kind of stuff to deal with there and they'll be making their money still in in their contracts so so it's not it's not a terrible thing it's just called a lockout um and, and the and the lockout ends obviously when the owners and the players come to an agreement on what the next collective bargaining agreement is going to is going to talk about in terms of right you know your your how much the money the players are going to make how much revenue is going to go to the owners how much revenue is going to go to the team to spend on facilities and team activities and whatnot um so so the lockout will continue right and then that's kind of where we're at now is like we're in this lockout right now well, the main question is, you know, what's going to what, what's going to happen going forward? Essentially, they'll just continue to meet right over and over again. The owners and the players, they'll they'll come up with their own sides. They'll see kind of who on what side wants what. Uh, and eventually they're going to come to an agreement uh, and, and that'll that'll set the stage for the new collective bargaining agreement that they'll, you know, obviously everyone will sign and then and they'll kind of move along in their, uh, you know, in their respective ways and 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 will continue to play baseball. But here's the thing is that that kind of begs the question. All right. Well, so they'll keep talking and, and that's all well and good. But hey, I mean, the season starts, you know, in the beginning of April what if the lockout continues? What if these what if these two sides, the owners and the players, aren't able to come to an agreement by the time the season starts? Are they just not going to play games? And the answer is yes. We even saw this with the NFL. I think probably maybe I mean it was a long time ago. It was probably ten or fifteen years ago. But at this point, but um, but yeah, if if you if the players and the owners aren't able to agree or 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 kind of you know come to an agreement about the collective bargaining agreement by the time that the season starts. No games are going to be played. They're still going to be in this lockout, uh, and and it'll continue until they're able to uh, until they're able to come to an agreement and kind of make this thing happen. So that's that's really where we're at right now. That's an explanation of the of the, what the lockout is, what they're trying to achieve here, and what the differences are in terms of what the players and the owners want. Now, let me clarify a little bit because I started to explain it, but didn't really kind of get the full uh, you know kind of explanation in here is. What is wrong? What are the what is what are the main disagreements? Right, there's a ton of them. Okay, and and it's it would take me hours to go through all of them, but the main one is the like I said before, the owners are making more money than the players, but but really, kind of what's happening here is because a lot of the a lot of the players who end up being really great, you know they'll they'll you'll find out that they're really great while they're still kind of on a quote-unquote cheaper contract so they won't be they won't be being paid as much money but they'll still be performing really well for the team and doing great stuff for the team overall and so that's kind of what's happening here is is the younger players the players who are being paid less money who are really performing well aren't able to negotiate their own contracts even though there's no salary cap limit 
inside each of the teams, you know, kind of the, the, the bubble. Um, and so that, again, that's, it's a little bit confusing, but essentially the, 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 the players who aren't making as much money are essentially being, ex- this is their argument, is they're being exploited for how much they are producing for the team in, in comparison to how much the owners and the presidents and the general managers of these teams are making. And so you run into these situations where, you know, a lot of times there there's a lot of baseball teams out there who really, you know, their, their teams are just bad and they're not really trying to improve. And, and, and it doesn't really matter for the owner's sake because, hey, they're still going to be making a, a boatload of money. And so, yes, their players are as well. But but for these players who are playing for these really bad teams, there's no salary cap. They're playing really well. But if the team doesn't doesn't perform well and the team doesn't make money and that's less money that the players are able to make. But the owners don't really care because there's only one owner and they're making all the money on the back end. So so that's really where this whole argument is is kind of falling into um, that. That's that's the main issue here is is the players who are who are making less money and performing really well aren't being fairly compensated in their opinions uh to what they should be in comparison to the amount of money that the team is making, right? The amount of profit that the team is generating from ticket sales, from, you know, from, from other activities, game winning, you know, community events, all this stuff. And, and, and it's, it's a disproportionate amount of what they're making in comparison to what the owners are making. So that is your, that is your explanation of, of kind of what happened here, right? Where, the, the owners and the players got together and said, all right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna write this collective bargain agreement. We're going you know, to set the terms and whatever. Nobody was able to agree. There were a lot of things that the players said were unfair from what the prior CBA uh, included, and they wanted to change a lot of things, whereas the owners were like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys can't come out here and, and be saying all this stuff uh, you know, right now. We, still, you know, we, got, we have a lot to change here, so we're going to kind of you know, enter into a lockout. Um, so, so right. So that's essentially what happened with the MLB lockout. Um, and, and I hope that it made a little bit of sense. Again, I tried to do my best in explaining um, what, you know, what it was and, and, and where we're at, how we got here and where we're going to go from here. Um, I have full confidence that the, the CBA will be, uh, you know, kind of renewed and agreed upon by the time that the um, by the time that the season starts, I don't think any of the games will be missed. I don't think any of the players will, you know, will, will essentially be not working and being not compensated for their for you know for not working. Uh, and so that's that's kind of where we're ending up here uh, with with where the lockout is at right now. And I just think again, I just think it's kind of one of those things that's, that's pretty interesting about sports is like we don't hear about that a lot, right? You don't hear about what's going on in 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 terms of the arguments that the owners have versus the players. That's all kind of kept under the rug. And it doesn't really get covered by the media too much besides when the lockout is is started, when the lockout begins. So, so that is, that's your summary of what's going on here. And, and I hope that, again, like I said, I hope it makes sense in, in terms of how I explained it. Um, and, and, uh, and again, like I said, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. And, and obviously, you know, we'll cover it when it does get agreed upon. Um, but again, so one of, one of those things that, you know, the, the title of the episode is Matt's Who Cares episode. I care about this stuff. And, and, and you know, and if I can explain it in a way that makes you guys understand it or, or at least kind of, you know, uh, gives you a little bit more insight into what's going on and kind of allows you to, you know, just be more, more knowledgeable about the sports and what's going on in the world in general. You know, that, that's my job here. So now let's switch to the second topic, which is formula one. All right. And, and so 
it, it, Formula One, if you don't know what it is at all, which, you know, some people do, some people don't, totally fine. Um, it is the premier worldwide number one followed racing competition series uh, in the world, right? It, it, it is it is the best drivers in the world, uh, you know, are, are there's 20 of them, right? There's 20 drivers, the best drivers in the world. They compete against each other. They race all over the world. I mean, literally every single continent. Um, and, 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 and that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of what Formula One is. Um, and, and again, I'm not going to really do justice in being able to explain kind of how big it really is worldwide. I mean, we always talk about how soccer is the most popular sport in the world. And over in, you know, over in Europe, it's, it's, its own, it's, it's basically like football, right? Americanized football. Um, and, and, so that's that's kind of its equivalent is is on the racing side we have Formula One right and so in the U S we have IndyCar we have NASCAR it, those are popular but they're not popular worldwide they're only popular in the U S Formula One is popular worldwide and it is it is you know it is it is insanely again it, it, you you aren't able to understand the magnitude of this until you just watch a race or or you even you know even just Google it uh, just to kind of see what's going on there so so. Basically, the entire Formula One season came to a halt, or well, finished um, this past weekend. Now, to kind of explain what's going on here, all right? So, like I mentioned, there's 20 drivers total, and there's 10 teams in, in, in each, and obviously each team has two drivers associated with it. Now, the teams are car manufacturers, uh, sponsors kind of kind of uh, you know a whole, whole smattering of things right so for example you have mercedes right you have um you know you have ferrari you have you know you 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 have all of these kind of you have aston martin right so 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 these teams who are basically names of car manufacturers because that's who they're getting their their parts and their engine and whatever from you also have teams like Red Bull, right? You have teams like Haas. You have teams like Williams, who who are all kind of sponsored by whether it be a family name or 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 you know a big corporation, a big company. Those are kind of that's kind of how the teams are divided up in Formula One. And obviously, like I said, there's two drivers for each team. So you know that 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 that's kind of the the basis of the explanation that I can give. Now, what the the general way that it works is. In every race, depending on what position you finish in, you get a certain amount of points associated with that finish, right? So obviously, if you come in first place, you get the most points, which is 25. And if you come in second place, you get the second most points, which is 18. And, you know, and it goes down from there. And then obviously, they, they do, well, it used to be 20 races per year. Now it was like up to 23 or something because it's becoming more popular, whatever. Obviously at the end of the season, at the end of all of the races, whoever has accrued the most points across the entire season, uh, you know, wins the championship. Okay. So what's been happening for the past, basically for the past 10 years now is essentially the best team. So as I mentioned there, you know, there's 10 teams and there's two drivers on each team. The best team has has basically just won every single year. Now, you have the, the what's called the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championship. The Drivers' Championship is that, as I mentioned, whichever driver has the most points at the end of the season wins the Drivers' Championship. The Constructors' Championship is, is you know, kind of the, the namesake behind that is whoever is constructing the car who wins wins the Constructors' Championship. Now, the Constructors' Championship 
is a combination, all right? It's a combination of both of the both of the drivers for each team and how many points they accrue across the entire season. So if we had, you know, if you had one one guy who, you know, who didn't win the didn't win the drivers championship, but both of the cars that were on that same team, you know, did really well every single race and they got the most points in total for their team, that team would win the constructors championship. So that's that's kind of how it's broken up in terms of your your you know your your points definitions and all that. Okay, so what's been happening the last ten years then? So the two best teams in Formula One over the past ten years have been Red Bull and Mercedes. Red Bull and Mercedes again, like I said, they, they've 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 dominated over the past ten years. So from twenty, I would say from two thousand eleven to two thousand fifteen, Red Bull was the premier team in Formula One. Uh, they had a famous, you know, driver named Sebastian Vettel. He won, I think, four straight drivers' championships. They won, I think, Red Bull as a team. They won four, I mean, f- I think five or six straight constructors' championships. And so they were the class of Formula One as a whole. All right. Now, in the basically from 2015 on until literally until this year, Mercedes was the other best team in racing in Formula One. They won all the drivers' championships. They won all the constructors' championships. And the most famous driver of all is Lewis Hamilton, who I'm sure, you know, even if you haven't really heard of Formula One or or even really know how it works, you would have heard of him by now. Um, You know, he's one of the best drivers ever. He's been on Mercedes, who's a winning team. And and, and they've, you know, he's he's really been, I mean, he won eight straight championships, uh, which which has never been done before. Uh, so, So he's really the class of the Formula One drivers when it comes to, you know, talent, uh, you know, accolades, awards, everything that he's won. Um, and so that kind of is is our setting the stage for what went into being this year. Okay, so obviously, like I said, I mean, eight straight years is a long time. You think back to 2015, like, where were you in 2015? I know personally, I was, you know, I was like a sophomore in high school, right? So that was a long time ago. And then that's basically ever since then, Mercedes has been the best team. Uh, and Lewis Hamilton has been the best driver. As of recently, in the past two or three years, Red Bull, who was like I mentioned, you know, the best Formula One team for the for, for you know for the early 2010s period, they've been catching up to Mercedes. They've been getting better. The car has been getting better overall. They've had some new drivers come in who are really good. And, and the one driver who's really been great for them and and kind of pulling them towards kind of, kind of getting even with Mercedes is a guy named Max Verstappen uh, from the Netherlands. And, and he, and again, so obviously, you know, if you haven't had, a, if you hadn't heard of Formula One at all, uh, you know, up until now, you've probably heard of Lewis Hamilton. And then if you heard a little bit more about Formula One, you've probably heard about Max Verstappen. So he is the top driver for Red Bull. And, and, and he and Lewis Hamilton over the past, you know, two or three years have been kind of going back and forth and competing for who is the best driver in Formula One. But obviously, as I said, Lewis Hamilton always comes out on top. They, they've, they've won every single year since then. Or, or, you know, every, every, every year since basically 2015. So this year was kind of the, the year in which, because last year, you know, it was a, it was a little bit closer, right? And like I said, as I said, Red Bulls have kind of been pulling closer to Mercedes. So this year was kind of the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the time to show out for Red Bull and, and Max Verstappen to see if he really had what it takes to actually beat Lewis Hamilton. And, and really, and it would be a miracle if he could, because nobody's been able to do it. Uh, and, and so, 
But a lot of people were saying, okay, yeah, he's a great driver. Red Bull's a good team. They've been really, you know, they've, they've been doing well over the past couple of years here. But nobody has the talent and the skill and, and, and the car capabilities to surpass Mercedes and particularly Lewis Hamilton. Well, as we went through the season, Max Verstappen was proving himself. He won a lot of races. And, and, and obviously, you know, Lewis Hamilton won, won some races too. And they were basically just going back and forth all season to the point where they were the only two people to, to basically win any race, you know, this, this entire season. I think there were four, three or four other people who won a Formula One race. But again, like I said, out of like 25 races, you know, you, you basically have, you know, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton winning, you know, 90% of the races throughout the entire year. But... What's good about that is the fact that we actually have some competition this year, right? Lewis Hamilton is used to winning every single race, and it wasn't even really competitive because he would just win everything. So that's where we kind of are starting out with at this season. And as I said, we're kind of going out going out through the season. We see Max Verstappen really start to win these races and make it competitive to the point where up until the last race, they'd really been going back and forth, back and forth. Entering the last race, which is this past Sunday in Abu Dhabi, the total points that they had accrued, remember, you, you, know, you get points based on where you finish each race, the total points for both drivers ended up being 369.5. Both Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, you know, both of them were able to accrue the same exact amount of points throughout the entire season, which is like you know, a, a perfect way to basically just, you know, lead up into the last race because it literally comes down to the last race. It says, okay, whoever finishes in front of the other person for this last race is going to win the driver's championship, which is like such a big, it's the, you know, it's the biggest deal in Formula One. It's, it's, it's the championship, right? And Lewis Hamilton has won the past five years or the past eight years, excuse me. Uh, and, and Max Verstappen's never won before, but he's a really, you know, he's an intense driver. He really, you know, he's very skilled, but he's never been able to, he's never been able to overcome the greatness of Lewis Hamilton in that way. So, uh, right, so here we are coming into this last race, and it's like, wow, nobody even thought Max Verstappen would have a chance for the entire season, and here he is tied with Lewis Hamilton going into the last race. So what happened in the last race? Well, obviously, you would have heard at this point, Max Verstappen beat Lewis Hamilton in this last race. Max Verstappen came in first, and Lewis Hamilton came in second. Now, there was a lot of controversy surrounding this finish, okay? And, and, and again, it's it's very confusing because there's a lot of there's a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff that goes into the the racing conditions and, and the you know and, and the rules that are associated with this. But I'm gonna try to make it you know as easy as possible. Kind of kind of trying to kind of try to dumb it down a little bit here and make it easy to understand. Uh, you know, and kind of give some analogies here in a football sense that I think would be able to kind of be easier to to kind of grasp here. Okay. So what happened is Lewis Hamilton was leading the race. All right, Max Verstappen started out in first. Lewis Hamilton passed him on the first lap. Lewis Hamilton's leading the entire race, and and, and there's like five minute five laps left to go, and Lewis Hamilton is basically guaranteed to win this race. Right, Max Verstappen's in second, but there's a bunch of cars in between them and stuff, and so we see this kind of like you know Max Verstappen has no chance to win. Well. One of the guys who is, is essentially a no-name when it comes to, you know, competing for championships, one of these guys who's on a very lesser team, he crashes out with five, with five laps left to go. Now, normally, you'd say, okay, well, he crashed out, so let's just keep, you know, letting the race go. Well, no, he crashed out, and, and, and all the parts of the car were all over the track, and so it's, you know, it's basically just dangerous uh, driving conditions. 
And so what happened was, as I mentioned, because Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are so fast and their cars are so good, what ends up happening is they 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 overlap. Or, or they overtake the cars that are at the back of the pack who are slower, and, and so they, you know, they, they they lap them on the track, and so that's what happened. Is Lewis Hamilton had, had lapped about five or six cars before Max Verstappen had even come up to these cars, and so you have a lot of time in between the two, you know, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, and that's why it was almost impossible for Max Verstappen to be able to overtake Lewis Hamilton in these final laps because there were so many cars in between them, and even though these cars were lapped, you still have to get around them. There's a lot of turns, you know, it, it's kind of dicey on whether or not you're able to even to pass them. You know, in in a, in a quick enough manner to actually make a make a pass for first place, and especially, obviously, as I as I've said, passing Lewis Hamilton is is no uh, is no easy easy feat to to accomplish. So what happens is this guy crashes, right? They stop the race, and, and normally what they would do is they wouldn't allow uh, the, the cars who were in between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton to pass Lewis Hamilton, go around a lap, and, and continue racing. They wouldn't allow that, right? But because of the nature of the race, essentially, the rules director basically just got on the radio and he was like, well, no, 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 that, that, that rule like shouldn't apply in this scenario because, because it's too good, right? We have to have this finish uh, come to an end and really matter here. Um, and so essentially the other, what would happen is in order to give so much time for those cars to pass – it would have the race would have ended under a yellow flag, which means that you can't pass anybody under a yellow flag. And so once the cars that were in between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen went past Lewis Hamilton and, and, and made their way back around the track, you would have had Lewis Hamilton right in front of Max Verstappen. But Max Verstappen couldn't pass Lewis Hamilton because the because the race was under a yellow flag. Well, there's another part of contention where the race official, the guy who's making the rules, and again, there's basically just one guy who's making all the rules. Um, he basically just comes on the radio and he's like, nope, well, you know, once again, that rule doesn't apply. You know, we can't end this race under a yellow flag because then that's, you know, that's that's not what racing is. We already know who will win and it's, and it's an unfair advantage for Lewis Hamilton because he'll automatically win. Well, here's the difference. Earlier in the race, Max Verstappen had gone into the pits to change his tires earlier than Lewis Hamilton had, or late, sorry, after Lewis Hamilton had. And, and in Formula One, the fresher tires really give you, like, give you a significant, significant advantage in terms of how fast you're able to go, how, how you know, how, how, how much speed you're able to pick up and everything like that. And so what happened was... Because the race official said, you know what, for one lap, we're going to have all these cars pass. We're going to basically just break all the rules that were normally set here. Uh, we're we're going to let these guys race for one more lap. Now, you say, as I said before, yeah, it seems it seems impossible to pass Lewis Hamilton. But again, when when you're in a similarly styled car, and obviously Max Verstappen is, is, is you know, at this point, you know, I would say a little bit less talented than Lewis Hamilton, but the, the, the amount of advantage that he got from having the fresher tires allowed him to basically be, it basically be a, a foregone conclusion that he was going to be able to pass Lewis Hamilton on this final lap. Uh, and so that's how much the tire pressure and, and, and the freshness of your tires matters in Formula One, right? And so... That's what we ended up with is the situation where like you ha you have Max Verstappen just passes Lewis Hamilton because that's it's again like I said it's a foregone collusion he's automatically going to pass Lewis Hamilton Max Verstappen passes Lewis Hamilton on his last lap and and they um 
and, and they uh, and they finish the race. And so Max Verstappen wins the drivers' championship, and it's this you know it's this amazing uh, feat because, like I said, you know Lewis Hamilton's won the last eight. Uh, and so, and so now we finally have a different champion in Formula One. And it's funny because a lot of the people who are big Formula One fans are saying, you know, this entire season they're rooting for Max Verstappen. Like, you know, we need someone to beat Mercedes. We need someone to beat Lewis Hamilton because he's had such a stronghold on the entire sport for so long. We just want to see someone else win. And when someone else won, as Max Verstappen did this past weekend in, in this, you know, in this most recent race. All of the people who were so for Max Verstappen winning the championship and being like, thank God, you know, we finally have someone to compete with Mercedes and hopefully Max Verstappen is able to pass, you know, or beat Lewis Hamilton so we have a different champion. Everyone who who was kind of against Lewis Hamilton was basically like, holy crap, Lewis Hamilton got completely screwed out of this. Like... The, the rules official completely messed this up. Lewis Hamilton deserves to win this. As much, you know, as much as he's dominated the competition, as much as we wanted to see someone else win, he really, really got screwed out of this. And so the analogy that I'm going to make here, because again, I, I try to do my best to explain it all, but obviously I'm not going to be able to, you know, to, 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 to explain something that I've been watching for, you know, for, for my entire life to someone who doesn't even know what Formula One is. The, the analogy I'm going to make here is on a football field, right? If we have, so let's say, you know, I, I'm just, it's right in front of me because I'm watching it now. The Chiefs and the Chargers are playing on Thursday Night Football, right? Um, let's say, and the game is tied 21 to 21. Um, so, so this is essentially like saying, you, you know, one team has the ball, right? And, and it's a tie game. And you have like one second left and, and no, or, or no, okay, sorry. Let, let, let's back up a little bit. So let's say, let's say the game isn't tied, right? The, the, the game is, is 20, you know, 25 to 21. And, and the team that, that lo- that's losing, that, ha- you know, that has 21 points and they're trying, to, they're trying to beat the other team, they have the ball at like their own five-yard line, right? And they ha- again, they have to score a touchdown to win. So what happens here is essentially it's like the, the only way they score a touchdown is by a miracle, right? Well, Let's say they don't have a miracle. Instead, you know, let's say the quarterback is is from the you know from is a, is a futuristic animal and he's able to throw a ninety yard pass. So he throws it ninety yards into the end zone, and, and the ref just basically calls pass interference, and they get the ball at the one yard line. And obviously, they have you know they have four chances to score. They score a touchdown. They win the game. Right? It's essentially like that. You're basically saying like. The, the 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 person who won the team that won didn't win because they genuinely deserved necessarily to win it was just a weird call by the refs you know the officials made a bad call and essentially just gave the win to the other team so again it's a little bit confusing to understand but but that's essentially what, what went on here is like there's one guy who has all the power when it comes to calling the rules of formula one he decided that it would be better to see an actual race you know on this on this last lap we have to have these teams or these cars race each other because that's you know that's that's the integrity of the sport i get that but you're you're giving one of the one of the drivers such an unfair advantage that the other driver has no chance to win despite the fact that he has deserved this win for the entire time and so that's what happened this past weekend in Formula One. Um, it, it was it was an amazing sight. It was an amazing season. It was, I think, the best season of Formula One ever. It was competitive. It was it was you know drama filled. It was engaging the entire time. And, and, and so it was it was a really great you know it was really great to kind of watch and, and follow for the entire season because, like I said, for the past eight years, literally. 
there's been no reason to watch Formula One because the same team is winning all the time. The same driver is winning all the time. So, yeah, it's fun to watch the sport because, you know, it's cool to see the cars go around the track. And, you know, sometimes you have, a, a you know, a random person who will win a race here and there. But for the most part, it, it hasn't even been interesting near the end of the season. And so we always get to the last few races and it doesn't even matter who wins because Lewis Hamilton has always won every year prior to this. So now we have a new champion. It's Max Verstappen. We're going to go into next year with with you know with with this with this great rivalry, and, and they already don't like each other, so it's going to be even greater or even kind of even better to see what's going to happen as we go into next year. But here's the thing: going into next year, there's a lot a lot of rule changes, and obviously I should have said this at the beginning, but you're kind of wondering how are these only you know the only these two teams able to able to be winning so much, and, and why can't the other teams compete? It's because if you win in Formula One, you get paid a lot more money than the other teams get. And so Mercedes and Red Bull, because they've been so good over the past 10, you know, 15 years, they've earned so much more money. And essentially what happens is you you have to build your cars each year based on the regulations that are set by Formula One. And obviously the teams that have more money have more, you know, more resources, more resources to spend in order to build the perfect car. So they've, they've always, because they've had more money, they've always had the ability to build better cars and, and, and they test more and they have more people working at the organization in order to, you know, build the premier car, the ideal car. And, and that's why they've been able to win so much as of recently. Next year, the rules are all changing. There's essentially going to be a spending cap. And it's funny because we started off this episode talking about the lockout and the salary cap and everything like that. There's essentially going to be a salary cap implemented into Formula One, which is there's a set limit by every single team or every single team is only allowed to spend up to a certain limit on their car, which includes all of the, you know, building the car, testing the car, everything that they would do normally. But now instead of Mercedes and Red Bull having such an advantage because of how much money they're making and being able to spend so much money on building the best car, every team is going to have the exact same amount of resources and it really will become, it'll come down to who's able to build the best car in the time allotted and with the amount of money that's allotted to them this is going to make formula one extremely it'll it'll make it so much better at least we're hoping obviously we still we still have to see how it works out but we're hoping it'll make it so much better because it'll be fair again i mean seriously for the past however long and even before red bull and mercedes had this 10 to 15 year run before that it was mclaren and ferrari who were who ever since you know 2000 was uh you know was great and before that it was williams and so you essentially have like the last like you know 30 years yes it's been multiple teams four or five teams who who have had the best cars but they've all had runs where you 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 know exactly what car is going to be winning at the end of the season this will hopefully put you know basically just bring a lot more parity to to formula 1 any team can win on any given day and and that is going to that that's just, it's just going to be so great for the sport especially for someone like me who's been watching it for a while who like i said we you know once we get into the into the last races of the season here it doesn't it never matters because we already know who's going to win and so you know for the past 15 years we've only endured two basically two different people winning all the championships as i mentioned Sebastian Vettel and then Lewis Hamilton obviously so so it's going to be it's going to be great to see these rule changes implemented and see how it affects uh, you know the the sport in general and hopefully we can get a we we'll be able to see who the truly skilled drivers are because with with similar cars it really will come down to the skill of the drivers and so 
again, I'm super excited to watch it. Um, you know, and, and I do hope that it kind of is is makes the sport better and more fair across the board. Um, but it, but again, that's gonna you know it's gonna start back I think in you know in March or April or something like that. And and so we have a few months here because obviously the season just ended, and that's kind of why I'm wrapping up here and, and explaining what happened, explaining where we're going for next season. Uh, and and I think that you know I think that it's all positives heading into there. And and sure, you know Max Verstappen might have gotten screwed over, but but again, it's you know it's it's one championship, and I think that it really does prove that, you know, we do have a little bit more fairness in Formula One now, uh, and then that'll only increase as we go further here into next year with the spending cap and the salary cap uh, limit. That'll all be that'll all be really awesome for the sport at large. Um, so that will do it for this episode of the First Down Rundown podcast. Um, I, again, this, it was a solo venture. We got through it. Uh, you know, I, I, I sincerely appreciate if you were if you've listened to my voice for the last 40, 48 minutes here, um, because I sure I sure know that I enjoyed doing this solo episode and, and just kind of, you know, explaining what's going on in the world of sports, kind of getting some more insight into the general knowledge of the, of the sports world at large, um, getting a little bit deeper on some topics that maybe you hadn't heard about before or maybe you hadn't, you know, had enough time to follow in, in your regular day. That's what I'm here for. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and, and then me and Hayden, uh, we'll obviously, we'll be back for our regularly scheduled Tuesday episode next Tuesday um, in the week leading up to Christmas. So again, uh, subscribe and 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 leave, you know, leave a rate, leave a review. Um, you know, love to hear some interaction, you know, with, with our fans, people who listen. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the content. Thank you much for listening. So thank you so much for listening to our show in general. Thank you so much for listening. If you're this far in the podcast, you are the best. You are our true fans, and we really appreciate that. Uh, we will see you again on Tuesday.